Hello, fellow ghosts, demons, and cryptids. If you are listening to this, you, like me, have become curious of the ever-shifting veil between reality and imagination. You have gazed into the void and felt a mixture of fear and curiosity, and you would like to experience it more in the manner of various tales of uncertainty and peril that can unravel the fabric of one's mind in hopes that you may temporarily slip into the madness of the unknown. Either that or you are lost. Regardless, I hope you will allow me to tell you a little story. Before we begin our tale, allow me a moment to tell you how you can cheat the game of time and experience each story a week in advance, as well as other expected stories that will be sent through the ether for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon. You will also be supporting future projects, such as a YouTube channel in which you may product my innermost thoughts and decipher how the machinations of a mad person sees the world and the media we consume, as well as things a little more... lighthearted. There will also be another podcast in the future, a sort of love letter to old radio tales in the form of a murder mystery called The Tarot Killer. This project will be a long while yet, but will arrive sooner the more people that support Patreon. Higher tiers also give bonuses to this pending podcast, such as characters named by you, and even possibly a cameo, as well as free merchandise, as well as it's made, and free art drawn by yours truly. If monthly subscriptions aren't your cup of tea, but you still wish to support these tales, continue to listen, share with other beings that surround you, and consider buying the books in which these tales have found their home. All these are in the description here and with each episode. There are many people who do not believe or care about the idea of spirits or demons existing in the world with us. Truly, the only people who seem to believe in the existence of such beings are the ones that had experienced them firsthand. For Paulina, however, these beings are undeniably and inexplicably real. She sat around with a group of friends one afternoon, enjoying a board game and eventually taking part in conversations so engaging they all forgot whose turn was next and stopped playing the game altogether. Paulina drank a cherry sports drink while she listened to the other three girls in attendance marvel at the idea of ghosts. Elena having brought it up, she claimed she had seen, for a brief moment, a chair in her house move on its own. Linda was enamored by the tale, but Rosaline was not convinced. Rosaline had a bachelor's degree in physics and had a very strict realistic mind. Linda did not believe in such things either, but liked to fantasize the idea anyway. She was fond of daydreaming, and such stories, or illusions as she saw them, gave her enough daydream fuel to last her for days. Paulina was very silent listening to Elena as she recalled the event. It was last week, or actually, I think it was two weeks ago. Yes, two weeks, because it was before I bought the new shutters for the kitchen windows. I was trying to fix the old shutters in the kitchen at the time, since the cat got herself stuck in them again. The new ones are wooden shutters, so I'm hoping that it will be less enticing for Meadusa to get caught in. Rosaline, you really should bring Tank over for another kitty play date. She's getting really rowdy without her friend around. Anyway, yes, I was fixing the shutters. I heard a squeak. Well, not a squeak, more like a urt, you know, like chairs being moved on hardwood floors. I thought it was Meadusa at first, but I looked at her and she was asleep on her kitty playground in the hole at the top. 
you know, the place where she likes to sleep because the sun hits that spot? Anyway, I knew it wasn't her. I got curious with finding out where the noise came from. I was in the dining room, and I thought maybe my husband had come home, but he wouldn't be back until later that night. He was at the pub with the boys. Paulina, you know, with your fiancé and with the guys at work. So no, it wasn't him. I love you, Elena, Linda interrupted. But can we have less backstory? You saw a chair move on your own. The end, Rosaline confirmed. Really, you two are too cruel. It's not the destination, it's the trip. I'm providing atmosphere. You're right, sorry, go on, Linda sighed. Anyway, Elena thought for a bit to remember her place. It wasn't Rolf, I was a little spooked. I took a wooden spoon with me, it was all I had within reach, and I went into the dining room. The second I looked towards the table, I saw it. Ert went the chair and it scooted itself back in right before it was before. You were hearing things, Rosaline sighed. When a person is home alone, it's easy for them to fall for mind tricks like that. No, I don't think it was a trick. It was too real. I saw it move, Linda thought a moment. Imagine it, though. Your house haunted. What a considerate ghost to scoot his chair in when he was done with it. There aren't any ghosts, Rosaline stated. From where your kitchen is in that dining room table, you would have been too far to know for sure. Perhaps your cat had a gastrointestinal issue and that's what made the noise, which spooked you. No, I'm sure it was the chair. You don't believe me? It could have been a ghost, Paulina spoke up. It isn't impossible. It is impossible because they don't exist, Rosaline stated again. Imagine if they did, though. It would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Imagine a spectral house guest. Do you suppose they would want to eat something light? Linda, that was a horrible joke. And yes, Paulina laughed. I have seen a spirit, and there is no doubt about it. That is how I know they exist. Pauline moved forward on the couch. Rosaline stayed comfortably sunk into the lazy chair, but the other two girls were perplexed at Paulina's addition to the conversation. The three women looked over to her and listened. George and I live in the woods, in the middle of nowhere. As you girls know, we get bears trying to come into the house or eat our rabbits every so often. There are a lot of strange noises that happen at night, but my fiancé and I know we're safe because if it were a bear or something else trying to harm our rabbits, our dog Nora would raise a fuss. We've grown accustomed to the sound of rustling leaves and animal sounds around the house. In the fall, nearing winter is when the bears and coyotes are at their worst because it's close to the time when food will be scarce. I keep my senses heightened at this time of year for Nora's barking so I can chase away the predators. One night, there was no sound of rustling, yet Nora started to growl. It took me a moment to wake up. It was nearly two in the morning. I still hadn't heard anything, but Nora's growling insisted there was something outside. Instead of going back to bed, I became curious and woke myself up, got my slippers and a coat, and wandered outside to see what might be going on. Nora was acting strangely, staying close to my side instead of chasing whatever bear or coyote were spooking her. She kept looking out into the forest, but there was nothing there. Paulina took another gulp of her drink. I was concerned, to be honest. Nora had never acted like that, so I decided that I would walk into the forest to see what it was that spooked her. If I could find the culprit, then I would know what it is that made Nora react as she was and know how to handle it. The lack of sound also unnerved me. Aside from my own breathing and Nora's growling, the woods were unsettlingly silent. I could hear a leaf fall. 
so I took a flashlight and one of George's plastic guns that shot the styrofoam bullets, which would do no damage but was loud enough to startle a bear, and walked into the woods toward the direction Nora was growling. The girls noticed as Paulina's voice lowered to a more haunting tone that the sky was darker than they remembered. It had crept up on them, and the three branches of Lydia's living room window cast an outstretched shadow over them, as though the woods had followed Paulina from her little trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Despite being in the comfort of a small house, they felt the chill of the forest, and even Rosaline bent forward to listen to Paulina's story. The air was chilly that night, though not even the wind had dared make a sound. Nora's growling and our footsteps were all I could hear, as though we were truly alone in the woods. We had wandered just out of sight from the trailer when I noticed movement. I thought it was a shadow at first with the way it disappeared. I kept my flashlight low, but after a time, Nora would no longer follow with me. She stood still, nose pointed to the direction of the shadow, and growled. I patted my leg, told her to come. A key, I called. But she only looked up at me before turning back to the fading light of the shadow, growling again. It was perhaps the size of a black bear, from what I could tell with my limited vision. I walked closer to it as it wandered further into the trees. The air gave me a chill, but I kept a tight hold onto my flashlight. I dared to illuminate more of the beast from behind. It had no fur. It had no paws. It looked like a tree trunk, but it bent and moved and twirled like shadows. I thought it might have been a hallucination, but I was following it, and it never faded from my sight. I could only see the leg. I panicked, admittedly. I had seen nothing like it. I became almost desperate to see the entire creature. I wanted to be sure I wasn't hallucinating or dreaming. It moved irregularly, almost somber, or as though it wasn't sure the next step would be onto solid ground. Did you see its face? Elena whispered. Paulina nodded. Yes, but not until later. After I got over my surprise and was more curious than anything, I started to follow the beast. Its legs moved a body that was completely hidden among the tree branches, its steps making no sound, never turning to me once. Paulina took a second of silence to have a drink. All three of Paulina's friends seemed interested, including the skeptical Rosalind. I noticed after a while that I had lost track of where I was. Nora wasn't with me anymore, and I was following a strange creature deeper into the woods. I had thought we would have hit another house by the time I thought of it, but it was still nothing except woods as far as I could tell. I had no sense of direction. Then I saw more of them. Linda gasped. More than one of them? Paulina nodded in response. I noticed one from the corner of my eye, and about five or six more started to roam into a clearing. It was then that I saw their faces. Paulina closed her eyes and envisioned it, giving a light shudder. It wasn't a black fog like the rest of it. It was as if it was wearing a mask, a white mask with irregularly shaped eyes and a mouth agape. The neck was long and crooked and jagged. The neck itself, I imagine, could have been six feet long. Paulina opened her eyes and looked right at her friends' faces. They paid no mind to me until one of them who turned its mask my way. It froze, and so did I. More of them turned toward me and froze like statues. Linda and Elena's breaths sharpened in protest at the same time. They stared at me, frozen, fading in and out except for their faces, which remained white and staring, and none of us dared make a movement. All of them were looking at me now, staring. They were frozen unnaturally. I'm not sure, but they seemed more still than any living creature could be. 
They were perfectly still until I shifted my weight. All at once, their mask-like faces started shuddering. They started a rattling sound, and they were getting louder and louder. Their wide-open mouths seemed to cry out in horrified agony. Their heads and necks darted and shivered as the rattling became louder and louder. The first one that noticed me moved closer to me. I wanted to run, but I was paralyzed with fear. The rattling was getting so loud, I couldn't hear anything else. Especially since before, everything was quiet. The sight of them and the loud rattling almost caused me to faint. But then, the rattling changed into screaming, the sort of scream I imagined their wide eyes and mouth to make. Paulina wrapped her arms around each other. I turned and I ran. Like a sudden push into reality, I heard leaves rustling again, and the wind was howling as though making up for its silence moments before. It couldn't, however, drown out the shrieking. I ran and ran. My legs were scratched by the twigs under me. I didn't know where I was, and I thought I was being followed. I heard rustling behind me. Something was gaining on me. I burst through another clearing, and there it was, my trailer. But I kept running. The rustling behind me was coming faster. I cried out in terror, and it was Nora that burst out of the forest. She ran past me and to the door of the trailer. I looked back into the woods. Nora waited for me at the door of the trailer, and I no longer heard any rattling or screeching. However, I did hear the wind. Soon, I heard the owls and the possums moving around as well. I hurried back inside with Nora, and I couldn't sleep the rest of the night until George came home that morning. Did you tell him the story? Linda asked. Paulina shook her head. I've only told you girls. Paulina looked over to Rosalind, who had been attentively listening to the story. She could tell that Rosalind was trying to explain the phenomenon in her mind. Paulina turned her body towards her dear friend. I was wide awake in the middle of the night and didn't imagine anything I saw. I don't know what you think it might have been. An illusion? A mistake? Maybe I made it up. But I still have the scratches on my ankle from the bushes I ran through, and my pajama bottoms are torn. I ran away from something that night, and it was no bear.